This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in this stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the 23rd Sunday after Trinity Sunday. The appointed Old Testament reading is written in Proverbs chapter 8. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, 
dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight, I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me <coughs> and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of Philippians. This passage of God's word is also the basis for the sermon this morning. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. <clears throat> then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrite? Show me the coin for the tax. They brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our text today is our epistle from Philippians chapter 3. Here again these words. St. Paul writes, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. These are the words of our text, God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Last week we observed All Saints Day. We remembered all of the saints who are now with Jesus. And today, St. Paul talks to you and me about following their example and following Paul's example. Again, listen. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. What does this mean? It means believe what the saints believe. And what did they believe? They believed that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. They believed that by his sacrificial death, 
Jesus redeemed a world of lost sinners. The Bible tells us Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. St. Paul and the saints triumphant, this is what they believed. And this is what we are to believe as well. This is the pattern of saving faith that St. Paul gave to the Christians in the city of Philippi. We believe that by Jesus' crucifixion and death, our Lord has ransomed you and me from sin. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood. Jesus used his body to reconcile us to himself. And in this way, Jesus makes you and me holy and blameless and above reproach. The scriptures tell us the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. St. Paul wrote this, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. This is the gift of salvation. And this gift of salvation is given to you and me by grace alone. Grace alone and not by any works of the law. God saved you and me without any help from us. Jesus earned God's favor for all because we can't earn God's favor at all. Salvation is a gift of God. It is not your work or my work. The scriptures are clear, and the saints believed it, and so do we. We are saved by grace, God's grace alone. Do you wish to follow St. Paul? Do you wish to follow the saints triumphant who are with Jesus in heaven? Then believe that you are saved by grace alone, apart from any works of the law. This is the way and the truth of salvation. This is where we receive eternal life. Salvation is by grace, not by works. The pattern of salvation is grace and grace alone. And St. Paul drives this point home for you and me. He writes, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. And then St. Paul puts an exclamation mark on it. He writes, All who rely on observing the law to be saved, Paul says, are under a curse. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And Jesus was hung on that tree for you and me. He became the curse for us. So, if you try to save yourself by your own good works, then you are cursed. 
You are cursed above all people on the face of the earth. How's that? That ought to get your attention. Certainly gets mine. And it will focus you and me on the truth of our salvation. It is by God's grace and his grace alone. Paul was saved by grace alone. All of your loved ones now with Jesus, they were saved by grace alone. And you and me, we are saved by grace alone. There is no other way. No other way for us to be saved. And yet, people still try. People still try to save themselves by their own righteousness. People still try to get right with God by doing right. They believe that their good deeds will earn God's favor. They don't need Jesus. They don't need the cross. They're going to do it themselves. They're going to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, and they're going to earn them their salvation. They really believe that they can save themselves by what they do. And so in order to get right with God, people strive to live beautiful lives. They devote themselves to praiseworthy occupations. They lead honorable and virtuous lives. They raise their children to be good citizens and noble neighbors. They love virtue and they love commandments and rules for them to obey so that they can get right with God by what they do. Do you know what St. Paul calls them in our text? Remember? Do you know what St. Paul calls the person who wants to save themselves by their own good works? Paul calls them an enemy of the cross of Christ. How's that? If you want to save yourself by your good works, Paul says you are an enemy of the cross of Christ. That's some really strong language, isn't it? Listen to the exact words of Paul. For as I have often told you before, and now say again even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is their shame, and their mind is on earthly things. Paul calls, Paul calls virtuous people enemies of the cross of Christ. He says that good parents and honorable neighbors who try to save themselves, are enemies of the cross of Christ. He says that keeping the commandments in order for yourself to be saved makes you an enemy of Jesus. What in the world is Paul saying? He is saying that if you do good works to earn eternal salvation, you are an enemy of Christ. Now Paul is not saying that a virtuous life is bad. In fact, St. Paul upholds a virtuous life just a few verses after our text. Listen to what he says. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Think about such things. Paul is not telling you and me to ignore noble lives and to live impure lives. He is saying, don't try to be saved and earn God's favor by living a noble and virtuous life. Think about it this way. Where did Jesus save you? At the cross. How did Jesus save you? By the sacrifice of his body on the cross. If you reject God's grace and his saving work at Calvary, and you try to save yourself by your own virtuous life, then you are living as an enemy of the cross of Christ where your salvation was won by Jesus. And the thought that someone would become an enemy of the cross of Christ, that thought moved St. Paul to tears. He wept. He wept over Christians who forsook Jesus as Lord and Savior and tried to earn and merit their own salvation. Does all of this make sense? Do you see what Paul was driving at in our text? The core of your salvation is this. You are saved by God's grace and his grace alone. You are saved by grace apart from works, without virtue, without nobility, without honorable living. So, don't live as an enemy of the cross of Christ. Follow Paul's example. Believe what the saints of Christ believed. Believe that you are saved by grace, grace-free and boundless. And then at the very end of our text, Paul tacks on this little reminder. He writes, remember, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. What a reminder. What a wonderful reminder at the end of this text. Paul says you're a citizen of heaven. Already. You're not there yet, but you're already a citizen of heaven. Your eternal home is set. Your eternal destiny is decided. Jesus is preparing a place for you. And all of that you have even now even though you're not there yet. And since you are a citizen of heaven already, St. Paul would say to you and me, then start living like a citizen of heaven, right here, right now, today. Now, live a virtuous life. Live a noble life. Live an honorable life that brings praise and glory to Jesus who redeemed you not in order to earn your heavenly citizenship, but because you are already a citizen of heaven. And Paul reminds us that we are waiting for Jesus, and when Jesus returns, he's going to raise your body from the dead. And he will transform your body so that it will be like his glorious body. Just think.
this poor, miserable, filthy, polluted body will put on immortality. This body that returns to the dust will be raised from the dust in power and glory. And you will have a new, pure, glorious body that surpasses the sun in all of its beauty and brilliance. And for eternity, with Christ, you will live a noble, honorable, and virtuous life as a resurrected citizen of heaven. How's that? <laughs> I like that, Mary. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yes. That's what awaits you and me. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Please sing our closing song. I'm 
Amazing love. 